nature. It's like you're like an 80s kid at heart. You got that, uh... I'm just playing all the songs that you'd hear on Bill Snyder's speakers before a big game. This song always reminds me of the 40-year-old version. When he, like, realizes that he ain't about it and he's getting scared of sealing the deal and he starts riding the bike through the street. <laughs> this is kind of a banger, though. Like, you could you could put this on at, the, like, the, the pool party with all the family. I'll be honest. The music that I play on this show yeah. is just whatever YouTube recommends me. Really? Yeah, just like the first six that show up. I'm like, okay, I like that song. With all the Taylor Swift talk we had last week, I'm surprised Taylor Swift hasn't like swamped that computer. Do you pass on or you just go down the list? No, I'll 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 find one. Gotcha. One that I like. That's fair. We, uh, We do have... You would say we probably have like quite a bit of a fan base on this show. There's there's few that, you know, stick around. Haven't heard from Big T in a while. Kind of nervous. He, he's still on the, the post-game shows for the Royals. So he's still choo-chooing for the Royals. So he's Vern. still around, but. There you go. All right. I said her Big T in a while. Maybe, maybe just busy. But, uh, you know, we used to do the show on Saturday, and one of the promotions was like, you know, when you're out giving your kids to soccer practice, you can turn on Out of Bounds with Dusty Likens. We, uh, we gained another fan. My buddy Chris said his daughter, Kaylin, is a huge fan of the show, has to listen. In fact, one of my friends the other day said that uh, her daughter, and they were going, to, they were actually going to the Taylor Swift concert. And we were talking about how Taylor Swift and what she's doing for the city, she brought in like $47.3 million to Kansas City. It's like, we need more of that. We need more Swift stuff. And she had told me ahead of time they weren't going to be able to listen to the show because they had to, uh, you know, get, you know, get, Sure, of course. Up for Had to get ready for the, the concert. True story. She told me the next day after the concert, Sunday night, she comes up to me and she's like, hey, I just want to let you know my daughter wouldn't let us turn the radio station because you were talking too much Taylor Swift. And now she has to listen to you. She was sitting there headed to the concert. Headed she was like, no, no, no. Concert. We got pregame Taylor stuff going on, on the and, radio right until now. They got to the, until they got to the parking lot, they hit, then they hit the Bluetooth and, you know. Sure, yeah. Teardrops from my guitar started playing. As one does. Which is fine, because when I went to the Luke Combs concert, I mean, it was just like Luke Combs jamming all the way up. Well, you're doing, like, as you go to a concert, you're doing that person karaoke the whole way there and back. Absolutely. Yeah. And on the way back, I sound like Sylvester Stallone because I've had too many Miller Lights, and I can't really comprehend what I'm doing, but I'm singing at the top of my lungs. It's 8 o'clock. It's after hours. Let's get to the out-of-left-field question. You hear Green Onions by Booker T and the gang. You know it's time to get your appreciation into the text line. Now I have a really bad feeling that this could get dirty. And I'm not trying to promote that. I would never promote nasty minds. But I just have a feeling that's where this is going to go. This is the out of left field question. And uh, 913-586-7610. Feel free to answer because that's how we engage the audience at 8 o'clock. This show's flying by, Grant. We've only got 55 minutes left, Big Daddy. You know? Uh, so this question comes from Uberfax, as they most always do. But it says this, Grant. Maybe you can you can chime in on this. You can erase one thing from your memory to experience it again for the first time. What do you choose? It's a good question, actually. Thank you. I might have to have a little more time to think on this. That's fine. 
Did you have you've had time to chew on this? What comes to your mind? Well, before I get to mine, okay, all right. here's a few examples of what people had. The first time I had garlic bread. It's too low stakes. Right. Somebody says I'd give anything to watch Breaking Bad again for the first time. And I'm kind of twisted when it comes to Breaking Bad because uh, I started watching it again. It's my fourth time watching it. But it's getting ready to leave Netflix, so I figured I might as well soak it in, go through it one more time. And I'm doing it the same way I've done it the previous three. Because, like, some nights i got to take a break. Where I'll be like, I'm not going to watch it tonight. I'm gonna Because if I do, I'm going to watch four episodes. And, like, the other night, I think it was uh, Sunday night, I ended up watching, like, four episodes up till like, 2 o'clock in the morning. I had to be up early for the next day. Not good. But, again, you can erase one thing from your memory to express, experience it again for the first time. What do you choose? 913-586-7610. Of course, the first response we get from the 816 is sex. Personally, I don't want to experience that again. The first ones that come to my mind is like a movie with a really good twist or watching that first Chiefs Super Bowl championship. Yeah. That one would be cool. I don't know. I think it was a fun experience. I feel like the wild card game against the A's would be up there in my list if we're going sports related. It's very good. I think the first bite of a Crunchwrap Supreme would probably go up there in my mo- in my memory. The first one you ever had? I mean, man, and I'm still on it. Like, I've man. had them for 10 years. And I got to get one today. I mean, I'm probably not, but... There's a good possibility. Oh, when you bite into that Crunchwrap Supreme and it's incorporated perfectly with like the cheese, lettuce, tomato, sour cream crunch. Somebody from the 816 says weed. I don't know if I want to experience that for the first time again. We have two Avengers from the text line. Avengers Infinity War and experience Avengers Endgame. Yeah. No, thank you. Some of these, I don't really know what people really understand what experiencing it again for the first time means. The A16 just wants to play Pokemon for the first time again. Yeah, that's interesting. I, will I don't say, hate that answer. I never really knew how to play Pokemon with the cards, but I was hustling the cards. So there was this place in Blue Springs on 40 Highway. I don't know if it's still there, but it was called A to Z Comics. And I used to go up there with my buddy, and we would rip packs. So you go up there with like 10 bucks, you'd buy a couple packs for like $3. You flipped that Charizard for 30 bucks. Yeah, you, well, I got a, I forget what the, Blastoise, I think was like the holographic one for the turtle. And I remember I got one of those, and uh, I remember the guy at the counter was like, hey, how much do you want for that card? Because he knew what I was doing. I was just t- like, you know those guys who go to the grocery store back in the day, they would just scratch off scratchers or the gas station, go to the side, they'll scratch off like, 50 scratchers and then turn in their winners and just keep doing it. That's what I would do with Pokemon cards. And then I collected them and I had enough in a binder and ended up selling them to a neighbor of mine for like a hundred bucks, which I wish I never would have done because I had so much money now looking back. But, you know. But yeah, the Four Loco. I want to experience the OG Four Loco again. You might have been a little too young to experience this. But, uh... The original Four Loco, I believe, had, like, six cups of coffee and, like, five beers combined in it in one can. And, like, people would drink, like, two of them and just get completely blacked out. Like, you didn't know what you were doing after two, like, two full drinks of these things. 
I don't think I ever had an original Four Loco. Yeah. But I think I did have whatever the new version of Four Loco is. Like the PG-13 version. In college, yeah. It's yeah. pretty gnarly. I can't imagine what the original was. Somebody's... I would not want to experience that again. Yeah. I think the first one I got was great. Because we were we were in college when that first came out. So we were all like, challenge accepted. And it was like, warning, this is getting kids completely trashed. Take it easy on this stuff. Didn't Some, sound like a warning to you. It sounded like a future experience. Yeah, it wasn't a good one. That was the uh, that was the last time I ever had one. The first time was the last time. Um, but wild card uh, game, Royals A's. That's something I'd like to experience again. Um, maybe that Chiefs Houston Texas game. That'd be another one that'd be kind of fun to try again. The first time I got a sack, I didn't play football very long, but as a kid, I you remember got, getting that, that first that sack. You got that quarterback. Yeah, that was a great feeling. My first time trying a pretzel with cheese. Worlds of Fun, 1994, Sammy Kershaw concert. Salt on that pretzel, dipped in that cheese, not knowing. First time trying sushi, because I was one of those guys, like, sushi's going to be gross, going to be nasty. That California roll dipped into that soy sauce and that whatever that green stuff is, it's really spicy. That's really just horseradish in America. It's supposed to be wasabi. It's just horseradish. But it's not wasabi. A to Z Comics is still there, apparently. Shout out to Debbie, the owner, for being an awesome person. There you go, Debbie. There's your night tonight. A to Z Comics still there. I get my hair cut at, uh, at a place right down the street called Christian Brothers. They do a nice job on my gigantic head. I mean, I'll respect anybody that can put this thing to a fade. Somebody says I played the uh, tenor sax in marching Mizzou. I would like to relive. I would like to relive playing in front of the 70k fans against Nebraska. That's got to be kind of tight. First time meeting my wife. There we go. That's what we wanted. That's the wholesome stuff that we love. That's on this what show. we needed right there. Seven eight five. And then you get a follow up text from the nine one three. My first time at Cirilla's. The one thing I find interesting is the Cirillas and Lee Summits always got two cars in the drive, in the parking lot. And it ain't the person working. But live your life. Somebody says, not a great experience, but I wouldn't mind to do it over again on my first dip. I shouldn't have tried to hang with the big boys. No chance. Did you ever try chewing tobacco? No, but I did see a guy who had his first experience puked within uh, like five minutes. I think that's got to happen eight out of ten times. First time I ever did it, <clears throat> I went to a Halloween costume party, which I may assume you wouldn't go to a Halloween party and not be a costume party. And I was a sugar daddy, like the, not the, you know, I was like the candy bar. Mm -hmm. And we were at my buddy's house. He had like a little shed and he had a Copenhagen red can. I didn't know Copenhagen was like the man stuff outside of like the, the leaf tobacco. Straight scene out of the sandlot, dude. Except I wasn't on one of those like spinny things, but I felt like it. I put that in. They were like, whatever you do, don't swallow it. Keep that chew in your lips. Spit it out. And I felt myself become the same color of an Elmer's glue bottle. Like, I felt the, the, the pigment of my skin leave my body. Blood rushes out of your face. I mean, the dry spit started coming. And I remember ripping that thing out of my lip and just projectile. But I, I wasn't sick. I just, my body was like, dude, no way. Never tried it again. My parents love that story. I may have tried dip, but I had a story like yours where I watched a guy do exactly Ugh. what you did. And I said, wait, no, no, probably not for me. 
Somebody says, first time riding the Mamba Worlds of Fun. The Patriot, the first time riding the Patriot was pretty good, too. Yeah. Somebody says, it doesn't matter who you are. Your first dip always involves the room spinning and lots of puke. No doubt. Because I remember I did it, and, like, some guy came up to me, and like, dude, you don't look so good. I was like, yeah, no kidding, man. Yeah, you were probably drunk, too, weren't oh, you? Oh, dude, it was terrible. Yeah. It was so bad. Oh, it was so bad. Because it was, like, the point where we were going back to my buddy's house to, like, stay the night. So right at the end of the night, that's tough. My stepmom Mary said pizza, uh, pepperoni pizza from Funhouse. Pepperoni pizza from Funhouse is legit. Funhouse pizza in general is legit. I had the thought maybe the first time you had that first bite of a Z-Man. Yeah. When you're like 13 and you can really establish it as a good food. Yeah, I mean, I remember that. I remember that first sandwich I got because I was so pissed how long the line was. I didn't know. It was I didn't be understand. That long. Yeah. yeah, and then I took that first bite. And I was like, now I get it. I relive a basketball camp summer 1996 when Rafe LaFrance was on my team. I dunked one time in college. You Might did? be that one. Yeah, in a game, I was like, oh wow. Seriously? It was only once, but I did it. I was like, okay. I didn't know you played college basketball. No, I mean it's pickup. I feel like I would. I don't know. I think sports related would be either the wild card game or the or the Chiefs uh, comeback win against Houston. I mean, I remember where I was. I was in the studio watching the game with Pinkley. Talk about superstitious. Not just a little stitious, but superstitious. He would not let me get out of my chair. He's like, Dustman, you don't, you don't move. You stay right there. They scored 14 unanswered since you sat there and moved that chair. They had nothing changed. Okay. All right. I'm not pissing bank off. My friend drank from his sip cup and spit it into his beer cup, and it was messed up. I remember one time I took a drink of a beer out of a bottle and there was a burnt out cigarette in the bottom and it hit the tip of my lip. That's something that you don't want to do. That's something you don't want to do. Or maybe your first golf round. Maybe you, maybe you don't want to relive that either, but it was fun. That is the out of left field question. Again, if you could if you could erase one thing from your memory and relive it all over again for the first time, what would it be? 913-586-7610. This is 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Yeah, there you go. Bump that T-Swift, baby. It's always nice when you get uh, friends for life telling you that their kids love your show. Big night tonight. Shout out to uh, Kenna as well. Listen to the show. You get a little T-Swift bump with you, though, there, little lady. So enjoy that. I guess we'll shout out her dad, Chris, too, because he's a lifelong friend, childhood friend, high school friend. We had some times. You want to talk about first-time memories. I've had some first times with this guy. I feel like this concert was pretty awesome. Somebody says from the out of left field question, somebody would like to erase from their memory and relive again was their first hole in one at Ashland Country Club outside of Omaha with their dad. That's pretty dope. I had my first hole out this year for the first time for an Eagle. Is that a Hoots Hollow hole one, smoke to drive, had like 96 yards out, put a little gap wedge up in there, put it right in the hole. Best part about it was there's a group on the tee box uh, adjacent to the other side. And they saw it, and the first thing I did is like point at him, and I just said, "You saw it." I guess I could relive that, but 
I kind of want to relive that multiple times. I don't really want to erase that from my memory because I don't know if I'll ever do that again. That was just one of those, like, cool moments on the golf course that I couldn't believe what just happened. Because you see that stuff on the PGA Tour, and you're like, these guys do this all the time. And then this, your boy did it. Um, but speaking of baseball, speaking of golf, all those things needed equipment. Sometimes people need it, too. Uh, so the equipment drive benefiting the Urban Youth Academy presented by Pinnacle Bank. Drop off new, gently used equipment at the Urban Youth Academy during normal business hours, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., what they're looking for is baseball, softballs, baseball and softball gloves, catcher's equipment, equipment slash bags, whatever you want to bring. But anything is accepted and appreciated. Uh, monetary donations can be made at the front page of 610sports.com. And Cody and Gold will be outside Gate D on Thursday, July 20th, taking donations prior to the Royals and Tigers game. So you know how we always do at the end of the show, go out and do something nice for somebody. You got a glove you don't use anymore. You got a bat that's, you know, pretty decent. You got some equipment that you're not using anymore that's still in good shape. Go drop it off for the Urban Youth Academy. Be an equipment donor. You never know who might appreciate that. I remember when I was a kid, my next-door neighbor at my dad's house, he, uh, he had a bike, I think, that his kid used to use, and I didn't have a bike. He was like, your son can just have this if he wants it. I rode the hell out of that thing, man. I got a hand-me-down pair of basketball shoes one time mm-hmm. that I wore for like five years straight. Appreciate that. Yeah, those are always nice. You know, because it's new to you. It might not be new to the person that owned it, but it's new to somebody else that doesn't have one. So Urban Youth Academy, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. Feel free to drop off. You know, lightly used or new equipment. You want to do something nice for somebody, that's something you can do. You'll get paid back real quick with that from karma. Like, they'll give you some good karma there. That's something nice for somebody, you know. Sometimes words of advice are nice for people as well. Uh, you're listening to After Hours on 610 Sports Radio. Dusty Likens, Grant Nicholson with you. We're here till 9 o'clock, but one thing I do want to rehash is what Jeff Darlington had to say. Today about Chris Jones, DeAndre Hopkins. I know we're tired of it, but I want to bring this back up because I think it needs to stop because I think we all just need to just relax, enjoy the summer, and the storylines will play out themselves. Basically had good visits with the Titans and the Patriots and walked away from both. And I'm just, you know, there's again, like Dalvin, no incentive for me to sign at this moment. We'll see, you know, if the market can kind of create another bidder um, to, to get my money up. But, yeah, I think that he would be – ultimately okay playing for the Titans. He has a relationship with the offensive coordinator there from his time in Houston or the Patriots. We know Bill Belichick obviously has heaped praise on him. Um, so I, you know, I could see either of those happening. Uh, that being said, like, you know, this is not me reporting this or anything. This is me just like saying, what would it take to get another suitor? Um, you know, say, say the chiefs get a long-term deal done with Chris Jones right now. The chiefs don't have the money. They get a deal done with him. All of a sudden, that frees up $10, $15 million in salary cap space. Do they then become interested in the DeAndre Hopkins sweepstakes as well? I mean, that would obviously be pretty massive. Massive, yes. Um, Now, one thing I will say about this is that I think we're all kind of tired. And Aaron Ladd of KSHB 41 News. No action. Lazy summer topics. But again, this is ESPN. 
July 10th, or I'm sorry, July 11th, all-star break, no football, camp hasn't started yet, teams aren't reporting. And the obvious two things that have been in the Chiefs' summer vault is Chris Jones, DeAndre Hopkins. And again, we've talked about this for a few years now that the Chiefs will always and will forever be linked, as long as Mahomes is the quarterback, to situations quite like this. Two years ago, it was Juju Smith-Schuster. Then last year, they signed Juju Smith-Schuster. And then there's always names become available. Adam Thielen was available this year. Could he be a Chief? Julio Jones was a name. Could he be a Kansas City Chief? Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, I could see him signing with the Chiefs. The thing is, is that there is factual evidence that the Chiefs have that would show that this is not a Chiefs move. They've never done it when it comes to, you know, a level of pro like DeAndre Hopkins. Juju Smith-Schuster, sure. Stud receiver, solid wideout, not on the same tier as DeAndre Hopkins. I think we can all agree to that. And when you think about the situation of the Chiefs room and Chris Jones, we talked about this as well, that he's in that, that tight-knit group. Creed Humphrey, Trey Smith, I think is in there. Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Chris Jones is there. They did not sign Tyreek Hill to the full extension or to the contract extension with the highest paid wide receiver in the game. They had a number. A number got signed by Devontae Adams. Tyreek Hill was very shortly on his way to Miami. That's another flag that sparks up when it comes to a guy like DeAndre Hopkins. The Chiefs lost arguably a top three wide receiver in football last year and still had the number one offense and still won the Super Bowl. Did they miss him? Sure, at times. But overall, no, because of what they have at quarterback. And the thing that's really great to see here is that they don't need DeAndre Hopkins as much as I believe they need Chris Jones. Because if you've seen the offseason moves in the past, this team is trying to build a solid foundation of defense. Because as good as Patrick Mahomes is and as good as Travis Kelsey is and as well as Andy Reid is play designing and getting things on the same page with focus and repetition, having a solidified automatic defense to go out there, not saying you got to have top five defense, but if you've got a consistent top 10 defense, whether you're 10, 8, 7, somewhere in those numbers, this team is going to be even harder to beat because they've proven that they don't need a top-end wide receiver. The other thing, too, is that DeAndre Hopkins, it's very simple. You can obviously wait around. You don't need to sign a contract on July 11th. We heard Carrington Harrison have that take earlier today on the drive. You don't necessarily need to sign with the team early, mid-July. And if you think that the Chiefs or the Bills are a team that you want to play with because that's what the reports seem to be edging towards when it comes to a ring, and those are your best possible opportunities, both teams are kind of straddled with money spending. But obviously with the Chiefs and Chris Jones and the and the Darlington report that maybe DeAndre Hopkins, and he said he's not reporting, just you know insinuating that this is a possibility, that maybe there's a chance that the Chiefs get a little bit more of a leash on a contract that they can offer than there is a chance. And would it be awesome to see a receiver like DeAndre Hopkins in this offense? Absolutely. Because even though his age is deteriorating, his talent will excel with a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes in a system like Kansas City. He was still pretty decent last year. 
That's kind of being rude. He was very good last year with Arizona. And he's shown what he can do when it comes to lackluster of talent at quarterback. Now, again, when he was with Deshaun Watson, it was electric. And you could imagine what it would be like if he was with someone along the lines of Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and Travis Kelsey. But again, this is a storyline that DeAndre Hopkins needs the Chiefs more than the Chiefs need DeAndre Hopkins. And I think both Chris Jones and the Kansas City Chiefs both need each other at an equal spot. So the more important storyline, the Chris Jones contract. The storyline that could be a subplot of it, DeAndre Hopkins. Would it be nice? Absolutely. Do you necessarily need him? Absolutely not. You've proven that. You've done it without top-notch wide receiver play on the outside. But again, it's the offseason. Storylines will evolve and they will change. But the one thing that's great is that the Chiefs know what they have and the Chiefs know what their end-all goal is, and that is to get to the Super Bowl. The Bills, we need DeAndre to help us beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs, we just need Chris Jones to stay a part of this defense so we can just take on the entire NFL, NFC, and AFC. On the other side of this, there was some audio regarding Canarius Tony. There were some opinions that were made, some that were good, some that were bad. I'm on both sides of the viewpoint. Why? I'll explain. It's After Hours and 610 Sports Radio. You're listening to After Hours with Dusty Likens on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. Eats, drinks, scenic views. Nothing wrong with this. Obviously, extremely biased. Also, still 80s. Uh, stepmother of mine has said she's very happy with you playing the 80s. Says keep it coming. 8:35 on a Tuesday night. You'll get after hours tomorrow night. Uh, you'll also get it on Thursday night, and then you'll be back to your Royals programming and burn. We'll be back on the shows with you. Always good to give Vern a little break. 162 games in 180 plus days. Tough. Especially when the team that you cover is 40 games under 500, but he still makes it entertaining and still brings out that fiery content. Think they get to 60 wins this year, Dusty? Were they at 30? I don't even think they're at 30. I think they need like 35 to get there. Mm. They have like 27 wins, man. Probably because when it gets to the end of the year and all the teams that are out of it start kind of just tanking and just don't really care anymore, and the Royals have that like random seven-game win streak in August. See if they could just play like this all year, man. Yeah, they're 26 and 65. Oh, boy. And you said, did they get to 60? <laughs> so they need 34 wins in less than half of the season. Yeah. 34 that, in like 70 some odd games. I don't know. That's tough. Because they're also probably going to start dumping guys. I, I don't know. I mean, Scott Barlow, who you just heard, <laughs> there's a chance that he gets traded. I mean, they traded Aroldis Chapman quick. He's the guy with the most value on the team. Yeah, he was a perfect pickup. So far, that's been the best thing that we've seen this season from the Royals. They got yeah. something with low risk, high reward. You got some pitchers out of your system to come to your system and uh, join the team. Did you see the tweets today from a Kadarius Tony? And you followed the Kadarius Tony saga all offseason. This kind of sounds like a bad, bad, toxic breakup. 
because it really, to me, doesn't really affect the mood or the vibe of the Kansas City Chiefs team, per se. It more so feels like a very toxic relationship that ended and both are extremely happy with where they're at now, but they still find the, the hate that they carry with each other because it doesn't seem like there is any love left or if there ever was for a Kadarius Tony and the New York Giants, which is fine. It wasn't a good relationship, didn't get along with people, didn't fit their offensive scheme, came to Kansas City. Obviously, the injury history is there with Kadarius Tony, and there were highlights of him with his team this year that were unmatched. I mean, he did things that, you know, people just can't do in the NFL. Like, there's the still shot of when he received the ball and made his first move in that Super Bowl against the Eagles when he had the Super Bowl record for the longest return for a punt. And there are literally four men within three yards total left, right, and in front of him, and not one of them tackled him. He did one of those ooky-jooky moves, got to the outside, and speed took over. We remember the catch that he made where he adjusted his gloves in midair and still was able to come down with a catch. And there are those pizzazz moments. But the drama that has been around Kadarius Tony, as we saw today on Twitter, um, you know, he had reached out, told people, you know, Basically, keep my name out of your mouth, worry about you, do your thing. And then tweets, my apologies, I got hacked. At three in the morning. And I see both sides of this. I see kind of, you know. I honestly do see both sides. Because if you're somebody, we've all got cell phones. Most people have Twitter, maybe not anymore. Thanks, Elon. But you have ways to reach out to people. And some people that are athletes or famous people leave their DMs open. That's up to you. And the way I look at it is the dog won't bark if you don't lurk about. If you don't intimidate, you won't get something back. But if you're going to fire a shot at someone with a colorful personality like Kadarius Tony, you better be prepared for the repercussions that may come. In fact, a true story of mine is when Kentucky beat Kansas in the national championship, when they had Anthony Davis, a buddy we went to college with tweeted Anthony Davis after they won. Now you can shave that nasty ass unibrow. And Anthony Davis, who at the time was on top of the college basketball world, was about to be the number one overall draft pick for New Orleans, chose the guy that sent him that, who was friends of mine, blank you. And the smile that my friend got on his face was exactly what he wanted. That's a true story. There's a buddy of mine named Zach. He sent out a tweet. Now you can shave that nasty-ass unibrow, and the response he got was exactly what he wanted. And you have the option as someone who receives these types of, you know, childish texts or childish tweets or whatever it may be. You have a you have a choice to either ignore or attack. Kadarius Tony chose to attack the Giants, attack players, fan base, whatever it may be. And the thing that's interesting about it is that you don't have to. But the thing is, is that 
there are both sides of this argument. Yes, you could sit there and be the guy that sits on his rocker and says, he's an athlete, he makes millions, he doesn't need to worry about these peasants say to him, he could just move on. You could only take so much. And like I had mentioned earlier, I don't really mind if you text in and say, hey, not a fan of this show. I might respond with, well, then why are you listening? Why are you sending out a text that says that? Are you expecting me to respond? Hey, glad you're getting your chance on radio. Would rather hear Jay Binkley. That's fine. But don't get mad or curl up when I come back with a little bit more fire. Now, my boss would probably pull me to the side and say, hey, you're better than that. Don't worry about what these people do. They don't see your grind. They don't see your, your, you know, your, your perseverance to get to where you want to get. And that's why I feel safe with the Kadarius Tony thing. Because a lot of people might take this and run with it to the negative side of the room and say, oh, he's going to be a distraction. He's going to break the locker room. There's no chance. And the reason there is no chance is because you have someone of Andy Reid that controls everything when all gets this sort of situational sort of toxic level of the world. And we've seen it before because Andy Reid knows how to deal with this type of stuff. He had Travis Kelsey when he was young in his youth, super, super cocky. And Travis Kelsey might be cocky now, but he's at a point now where it's like, yeah, well, he's the best tight end to maybe ever play in the NFL. And there's been a lot of good tight ends. He's got two Super Bowl rings on his hand. He's got thousand yard seasons underneath his resume. And that's something that maybe or more than likely can happen when it comes to the Kansas City Chiefs and Andy Reid. He fires up a phone call to Kadarius Tony. Hey, man. Instead of responding, use this as fuel on the field. Example A, Travis Kelsey. People tried to chirp at him on the field. Referees tried to get under his skin. He would show his emotions through verbal ways and when he channeled that in and put it on the field and used that as to be the best tight end in football how you doing Canarius Tony same way you're a Super Bowl champion you played in like nine total games you have the longest punt return in Super Bowl history Super Bowl history and you have a team that didn't like you that sent you out it's like your buddy who has a hard time with a breakup she's dating somebody else She's posting pictures about how happy she's never been in a situation like this. She loves life. You can either say, oh, that's really great. I guess I'm no one. I guess we didn't have fun. Or you can use that as motivation to make yourself better and go after what you want to get. And I think that's why I feel safe with the Kadarius Tony thing. I am not worried about it. I am not in any sort of panic level at all when it comes to Kadarius Tony's actions on Twitter. I just don't mind. I mean, I get it. Maybe some things are better left unsaid. Maybe he said things that he probably shouldn't have. There's no disagreement there. But I'm not out here to say that somebody shouldn't do something that wasn't provoked. How dare that snake bite me when I try to step on his head? Sorry. Again, the dog won't bark if you don't lurk about. And that, my friend, is just a fact of life. We'll wrap this show up on the other side. It's been a fun night. It's After Hours on 610 Sports Radio with Dusty Likens and Grand Eagles. couple of interesting baseball things I just found out. So in the Savannah Bananas game, they have a rule that if a foul ball is caught by a fan, it's an out. 
Some fan caught a ball with two outs in the bottom of the ninth, and the Savannah Bananas won, and they let the fan on the field to celebrate. That's amazing. That's a good rule. Yeah. So it was uh, 5-1, Savannah Bananas, two outs, and uh, top of the ninth. They're the home team, and some lucky fan catches the ball, and they just bring him out on the field, and he just gets to get absolutely housed with the team. Savannah Banana Games look like a good time. I feel like we need to go to one. Or maybe you get a chance to throw out the first pitch to a Savannah Bananas game. It'd be pretty sweet. Yeah. Definitely something I would have rocked with as a kid, for sure. Oh, dude, I'd be all about it. Like, yeah, Jeremy Guthrie's absolutely. been out there doing it. The other thing that's interesting is that right now in the All-Star game, now this is a true story, right now in the All-Star game, the game is tied. 1-1. So the under Grant is definitely not happy. Yeah, we lost our bet. Or the under is happening. The over is definitely not happening. But news that if this game concludes and there is a tie, they will have a home run derby of a member from both sides to decide the winner. Uh, yeah. All about it. All about that. 1-1. You give me Shohei Otani. They give you what? Ronald Acuna? The two best players from each side of the league. I don't know what they get. Ten swings. I think Bob Nightingale is the one that tweeted. I can. I saw three swings. Three swings. They pick three players each, each team, and you get three swings. I'm not sure what that means. If you get to see a couple pitches or what. Yep, but You're right. Three it swings. says from Bob Nightingale, remember, if this all-star game remains tied after nine innings, the game will be decided by a home run derby. Each team selects three players. And each batters gets three swings. I don't know if that's how you're supposed to say that, but he's probably a lot smarter than I am. The team with the highest home run total will be declared the winner of the game. I mean, that's got to make Bud Seeley just absolutely sick. Because you remember that one game back in the day where the game ended in a tie? And he just said, that's it. It's a tie. They just called it a tie? Yeah. That's brutal. And then they tried to implicate the rule that the winner of the all-star game got home field advantage. And then they ended that one. This is baseball. Understanding baseball. Three players, three swings, highest home run total wins the game. Who says no. Now we're still in the top of the six. There's no outs. Matt Olson is up and the game is tied one, one, but the way this game is going, there is a ton of swing and misses. There is not a lot of offense. And my little two-step parlay is definitely a far, far stretch cry from even coming close. I don't think we realized that hitting the ball is really hard in general. And yeah. then if you're not really trying in an all-star game and the guys you're facing are still throwing gas, yeah, it's pretty tough. Yeah, they're just coming in there throwing as hard as they can for three batters. And the batters are like, yeah, I'll, I'll take some swings here, but I'm not really trying. Every pitcher is basically a closer. Like, Garrett Cole threw to three batters and was done. You think he was, oh, that's terrible. I thought they hit that. I thought that hit Adley Rutschman right in the junk. Did it? He says he's fine, and they're cons- Yeah, he's feeling around. It definitely hit him right in the bag. When he stood up and did the little Shake. check to make sure everything's good. One of his one of his boys got mis, uh, misplaced. That's funny. That's twice in two days he's been kicked in the nuts. Because that was a pretty cool sight last night at Home Run Derby that he was up there and just pounded home runs from the left side of the plate, and then he had an extra 30 seconds and hit seven of eight swings over the fence from the right side of the plate. 
brutal. And you did it with your dad pitching to you? Because, like, baseball is all about, it seems like baseball, like it's always, you know, dad-son type of stuff. Unless you're, you know, the rookie of the year in that movie for the Cubs where his mom's the one that, you know, basically was the star athlete. But, yeah, just a reminder that if this All-Star game remains tied after nine innings, the game will be decided by a home run derby. Each team selects three players. Each player gets three swings. The team with the highest home run total will be declared the winner of the game. So my question is, what if the three players from each team don't hit a home run? Do they select three more players, three more swings? Because that would be epic if that happened. If you do it like, uh, was it penalty shootout style yeah. with this next man up? Right. Well, what was it? Uh, we get the U.S. men's national team, what? Is it Thursday night or is it tomorrow night? I'm not sure. I know the SBs It's sometime this week. Yeah, because everyone says it's downtime of sports. You get all-star game, home run derby, United States playing for the gold cup. Is that I, right? Or the conk? It's gold. It's, it's gold cup. Yeah. Yeah. I've been watching some Wimbledon, too. Wimbledon's yeah. fun. I like tennis. Right now it is. It's a gigantic tournament. It always reminds me of my lake house because every, every time we go to the lake for the 4th of July, you'd always wake up in the morning and my, uh, my family would be up in the living room because I was always that, that piece of garbage kid that would sleep in the basement until, like, 11. And you'd get up and everybody would be starting to eat lunch. And then I'd be up there and I'd be like, oh, it's tennis. Yeah, It's, it's a great Wimbledon. sport to have on in the morning. Yeah. With uh, Chris Eubanks action. Yeah, he's the he's the long shot, right? But that's that's he's the American guy who went to Georgia Tech and he's pulled off two upsets in a row, I think. And now he's in the semifinals and still is like a plus like eight hundred to win the whole thing, he, if not more. He just beat the fifth ranked player, I think, Sitsipas, the Greek oh. guy. Djokovic's probably gonna win this, right? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I mean he's the best guy. Is he the best tennis player we've ever seen? And I mean Federer and like Sampras and Agassi are all in that world for me at least. I have no idea but I mean he's definitely on your your short list for the top five for sure tennis has got to be incredibly hard at that level dude tennis is hard at a bad level they're smoking the ball at you 150 miles per hour oh no an error but they're smoking the ball at you 145 and you've got a split second to return it I mean it's it's kind of baseball-y little where bit the balls come at you so quick but at least you have a, a round racket that's a tough one to say round racket but, no, a fun show tonight. Thanks for all of you that engaged on the text line, 913-586-7610. Had a fun time with that. Uh, always love the out-of-left-field question. We'll have another one tomorrow night and Thursday night, and then you'll get back to your Royals uh, Your Royals coverage, Josh Furnier. Thanks to Aaron Ladd of 41 KSHB 41 News. You almost did it. I, I did watched you. It. You almost said it. I almost did it. The lips started to move, but the brain stopped the lips. Need that more in my life. Um Good pitching stops good hitting, correct. Which is probably what the Royals' problem is. You get good pitching, you'll stop that good hitting within your division, and then we can start playing some meaningful baseball late into the season. You won't be, what, 40 games under 500 at the break? But still some positives you can seek out of this this season, what they do with the trades and everything like that. But again, thanks to everyone that joined the show tonight. Always have fun doing this. We'll have a little bit more fun tomorrow night and Thursday night as we'll continue this after-hours thing going on. Um, we'll see what happens with Sunday Sound Off. Because you'd figure that if somebody offered you the gig. He offered you live on radio. On radio. And then, you know, I send all my guests a follow-up text after they've been of on. Course. Hey, thanks sure. for coming on. Appreciate the time. And he just sends back, anytime, brother. No second text of, again, Sunday, Sunday Sound Off. We'll see you at 7. I think that's when you do the follow-up also. It'd be like, hey, if you still wanted me for, for Sunday Sound Off. Still, no, still I'm not desperate. Okay, all right. That opportunity will happen no matter what, I think.
Thanks to Grant Nicholson for producing this thing. Had a fun, fast show. It always goes by super fast on these things. You never know where it's going to go. I appreciate all of you listening. Uh, Do something nice for somebody, you know? Donate to the uh, Urban Youth Academy with some baseball equipment. Go open the door for somebody. It's cool to care. It's good to be nice. It helps out in the long run. Kansas City, stay safe. Have a good night and enjoy the summer.